Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the club. How are you today? Happy New Year to you. How is your 2021 so far? Mine's good. Um, We are in Feast to Fast. It's Sugar Detox Week and it feels so good. I needed to have the um, Christmas Crack Pride from the death grip that I had on it in my hands over the Christmas holiday. I had a lot of Christmas crack. Um, Anyway, it feels good to be um, back in the swing of things and um, past all the holiday food. So that's where we are. Um, You know, and I know that everybody's kind of got their health gear on, you know, we're all starting um, our new year health plans. And we're all inspired to do that at the start of a new year. But I think another thing that we feel a renewed sense of getting under control is our time management. And I don't know about you, but I am a sucker for a good planner. I'm not a digital calendar type of gal. I'm like, you know, give me a planner, a new calendar, a sharp pencil, markers, and I'm in heaven. No, I love it. I get a little of that dopamine hit I was talking about last week when I get out my planner and start getting things sorted. And yes, I do have enough hope for this year to make plans in my planner. <laughs> this year, um, I ordered a new planner off of Amazon. It's called a Legend Planner. And I bought it because I was specifically looking for something with hourly time slots which I will tell you more about that reason today. I've had all sorts of different planners in the past, you know, like the fancy Erin Condren one. Um, The last two years, I just bought like a $10 planner from Marshalls and that worked just fine. The one I got this year was about 25 bucks um, and I really like it. You know, it's got some space dedicated to it to sit down and make you think about, you know, your dreams and your goals and that kind of thing. It asks some big life questions about what you want to do, bucket list things, how you want to spend your time, you know, if money was no object and, you know, what was some, what's something you do if you weren't afraid, stuff like that. And it has you break down your annual goals into quarterly and monthly goals and all that stuff. So it's good. I've been forcing myself to slow down and spend some time actually doing that and in time, you know, to dream about that stuff and think big I think it can be hard to make our spend, make ourselves spend time just kind of sitting and thinking about stuff like that. Um, I was actually just talking about this with my coach. So y'all, I finally hired my own personal life coach. Um, after, you know, being in life coach groups and 
doing self-coaching and stuff like that, I finally decided to get my own personal one who I speak with on a weekly basis. And it has been great. I pay her to help me unravel my brain and do stuff like this, you know, Um, slow down and spend time examining my thoughts to see what they're producing. But I was just telling her it feels like, like a waste of time to sit around and think about time. Like I feel like I should be doing something productive in that time you know, working on something because Lord knows I have a thousand things that need doing. So we talked about that and how, you know, it is worthy of your time to sit and think about your time. Um, And we also talked about how much I resist writing things in a calendar, like actually scheduling out my daily time. I know I just said how much I like filling out my new planner, (laughs) but I like filling in birthdays and school dates and events happening and trips and things like that. What I'm not great at is scheduling out my work week in an efficient way. Basically what I do now is go in and fill in any client or work appointments, you know, or other standing appointments I may have, um, like with my life coach or, you know, a hair appointment or a kid's orthodontist appointment. I have those things coming up, which is what made me think of them. Um, But that's about it. The rest of my to-do list, the bulk of my to-do list stays in my head, swirling there constantly so that I'm always trying to figure out when I'm going to do something and how long it's going to take. And there's a lot of ongoing negotiation and decision fatigue that goes along with that. And what I've discovered through self-coaching and through talking with my life coach is that I resist committing to specific time frames for doing my work. And that's not really helpful. Um, but there are two major reasons I do this. One is that I want to do things when I feel like doing them, <laughs> when I feel inspired to do them. You know, because sometimes I'm in the mood to be creative and sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I'm in the mood to roll up my sleeves and do the unpleasant, the unpleasant task, you know, like anything that has to do with numbers, but most times I'm not. So this is kind of the blurse, the blessing and the curse of working for yourself, um, is that you don't have a set schedule, but you don't have a set schedule. You know what I mean? And of course, there's the thing that we all do, which is buffering, you know, like doing other things to avoid what you have to do, like scrolling social media or organizing your kitchen cabinets or shopping on Amazon or listening to a podcast, you know, anything other than the thing you're supposed to be doing or being what I call um, procrastinate, you know, checking email, organizing your files, doing other busy work under the illusion that you're getting things done, but you're really putting off the main thing you need to do. So these are all the things going on over here and with my schedule and with my uh, time management, which doesn't sound much like time management, does it? (laughs) But what happens is, like I said, my brain is filled with these things I need to do all the time. And it bleeds into family time. And I have guilt when I'm not being work productive. And I have guilt when I'm not being fully present with my family. So I just need a better system. And maybe in some aspect of your life, you do too, which is why we are talking about 
time management today, not because I'm an expert, um, clearly, but because I'm a human who needs improvement and who doesn't want to waste time as a precious resource. I mean, y'all, time is flying. My kids are growing so fast. You know, and as with most things, if we're not intentional about the way we use our time, we'll stay on the treadmill of life as it flies past us. You know, and it's because it's the moments and the minutes and the hours and the days that make up our life. I want to be a creator of the life I want to live, not a bystander watching it pass me by. Now, there are some good things that I'm really good at making time for. Um, You know, my health, my self-care, or what we're going to reframe today as um, self-stewardship. I know the term self-care grates on a lot of people's nerves. Um, And I do think it's way overused and taken out of context a lot. But I recently read this book called Stewarding Life, which I'm going to quote heavily from today and use as a framework for this podcast. Um, One of the resources it discusses stewarding is your health. And like I said, you know, I'm pretty good about that, but I know a lot of people aren't. Um, And I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast aren't. It's part of the reason you come here to, to listen and to get inspired and know how to steward your time for health. Um, So maybe your better time management in the new year needs to be focused on that. You know, like I said, I've got that covered for the most part, although there's one area I'm looking to improve upon, which I'll share with you today. We're also going to talk about involving God in the process of your time management and stewarding your time to honor him and the gifts he's given you. And I'm going to share some strategies that I learned when I was in Self-Coaching Scholars, the Life Coach Group by Brooke Castillo, the bigger group that I was in. She has a framework called Monday Hour One. That's the name of it, Monday Hour One, which is a framework um, that I'm kind of using as a scheduling system that I'm trying out. So I'm going to share that with you. So whatever it is that you may need improvement on with your time management, you know, your health, your work, your family, your free time, your rest and renewal, a lot of you probably need to work on that, you know, rest and renewal. I think you'll find today's episode full of heart checking inspiration and practical tips to apply. So um, let's start um, by talking a little bit more about this book I read. It's, um, it's called, like I said, Stewarding Life, One Lifetime, Limited Resources, Eternal Priorities. That's the full name of the book. And that name alone kind of stops you in your tracks, you know, one lifetime, limited resources, eternal priorities. Um, Obviously, time is a limited resource, we can't make more of it. And this author makes the point throughout the book that each of us has our God given purposes to fulfill in our time. He says, God didn't design us to have cookie cutter lives. He has given every Christian a big picture big picture mission to glorify him by making salvation known. But he gives each of us individual ways to fulfill that purpose. We must consider these purposes as priorities. God has given each of us a unique set of desires, aptitudes, and gifts to creatively fulfill our purpose. What God has called you to do can only be done by you, and it can only be done in one 
lifetime. Numbered days demand focused lives. I mean, whoa, right? That's all from that book. That statement, numbered days demand focused lives, I mean, it's pretty powerful. It's kind of sobering and a little stressful, (laughs) but also perspective shifting, you know? Here's another one that comes from the book that's uh, so powerful. It says, Satan will do all he can to destroy your time on earth. If he can't destroy it by sinful living, he will devour you by eating your time with activities of no eternal value. And I mean, I never really thought of it that way until I read that. But it's so true. You know, Satan loves to keep us overly busy, preoccupied, worn out, strung out, exhausted, so that we not only not enjoy this gift of life, but that we don't make time for God and don't show up as everything he created us to be. You know, now I know a lot of people struggle with this idea of purpose and knowing what that is. Uh, You know, why am I here? What should I be doing? And that brings us to the other big point of this book, which is that you've got to involve God in this process. You know, who knows better than your creator, the one who made you, the one who knew you in your mother's womb, the one who knows the number of hairs on your head, the one who can see the big picture of all that is and will happen, who better to ask about your purpose and how to use your time than God. When I got my planner this year, I put both my planner and my Bible in my lap and I just prayed over it. I just prayed that God would guide and bless the way that I use my time this year. You know, I asked him to help me to keep focused on what's important and to show me if I need to shift direction somewhere. The Bible tells us to ask God for wisdom, and he will give that to us. I had an awesome experience with this recently. Uh, My latest sign, because I was trying to decide if I should take the next level of advanced training as a restorative wellness practitioner. So level one was mastering gastrointestinal health, you know, and that's what trained me to run and interpret and stool, interpret stool testing, the food sensitivity test. So, you know, that's part of my practice. Level two was mastering hormones, which I took last year, you might remember. And so I can also run and interpret hormonal panels, which is fantastic. And then the next level, level three, is nutritional blood chemistry, which teaches how to, you know, um, interpret numbers and patterns in blood labs, you know, covers things like cardiovascular, immune, you know, thyroid, and everything you would get back on a thorough lab report, you know, lab panel. The thing is, these classes are very, very intense. It's a 10-week program. Um, Each time I go through it, it's a ton of information. It moves very fast. And you have to master each week's concept, you know, um, kind of master that before obviously before you can move to the next weeks, but it's just it's so much information, it's really hard to to kind of take in. (laughs) And when I listened, um, I listened into the, the information call about the class, and I was like, are you sure this class shouldn't take a year? I mean, I think you could spend 10 weeks alone on the thyroid. So it's going to be a tough class, you know, and I, I knew that as I was considering taking it, it would take a huge chunk of my time here in this first quarter of the year. You know, it goes through March. It's very expensive. 
I spend a lot of money on continuing education. I spend a lot of money on my brain in general, you know, whether it's these advanced learning courses um, or mind management through, you know, these different life coaching avenues I've taken. You know, this book, Stewarding Life, does talk um, about stewarding money as a resource. And we're not going to talk about that today per se, but I would encourage you to examine that too. You know, again, I am no expert in that at all. Um, But I have had an interesting involvement over the years because I used to be the biggest, cheapest bargain shopper ever. And I do still love me a good bargain. It's kind of bred into my bones. I did a podcast on that called Don't Bargain Shop Your Body. So you can go back and listen to more detail about it, um, about why it's bred into my bones. But what I've realized is that, you know, I was spending so much money on cheap stuff because it was a bargain. And I had closets full and drawers full and garages full of bargains and cheap quality things that I didn't need or didn't even necessarily like very much. But I bought because, you know, it was a good deal. It's hard for me to pass up a good deal. Meanwhile, I would be like, I can't afford this nice quality sweater or this organic food or this, you know, cleaner beauty product or whatever it would be. Yet I would spend hundreds, you know, know, thousands of dollars on like junky items here and there or clothes that I might wear only a few times or even restaurant meals that I didn't even like didn't even taste that good you know? And so I've really tried to clean that up over the years, you know, kind of been in bargain shopping recovery. Um, And just try to get more discipline around that, which is why I periodically do things like a capsule wardrobe challenge. You know, I've talked about that here and have blog posts about that, where you whittle down your closet to the bare minimum for a period of time. Um, That's a good activity to really get your um, just kind of give you good perspective on what you really need and, you know, what you really use. And um, so that's good. And I've also done, you know, um, kind of challenges over Lent where I don't, you know, kind of give up shopping or buying anything new during the season of Lent. So, you know, I have these little built-in checks here and there to reset my brain on stewarding money. But over the last 10 years, I have increased my spending on two major things, my health and my brain. I would say it's more of an investment than spending. You know, the first humongous expense, you know, way out of my league investment that I made was my education to become a nutritional therapist. You know, at that time, it was a gut-wrenching, gut-wrenching, scary decision for me to spend that money. But oh my goodness, what if I hadn't? You know, what if I hadn't? And it's still gut-wrenching and scary for me to spend big chunks of money. Um, But I've done a lot of it (laughs) on these advanced trainings um, on business. Remember when I plunked down $5,000 to hire a business coach to help me figure out how to create a program so that I could get Feast of Fast off the ground? You know, I did a podcast about that and how I asked God for a sign um, because it was so sickeningly expensive to me, you know, but he obviously gave me the green light on that. But what if I wouldn't have done that and never created Feast to Fast and not been able to, you know, help all the people that I've helped with it? 
you know, sometimes people, I think about this because sometimes people will message me and say, I wish I could do Feast Fast, but I can't afford the $179 that it costs. And I understand that and I empathize with that because I've been there, you know, and I truly couldn't afford that. And I've been there where I would never spend that kind of money. You know, I had a death grip on spending money and would never have laid out $179 for a health program. But I've also been there where I've squandered money on little things here and there when I could have put it towards something really life-changing. You know, and so now I spend a good chunk of money on life-changing things. And I think for people who have done Feast of Fast, I've had a lot of feedback like that. People said this is life-changing. I mean, and that just makes my heart so full. Um, you know, it's so wonderful. But that's, that's kind of what I'm, you know, that's what I'm talking about here with well, kind of the direction I've gone in, in really making sure that I'm spending money that um, are growing things like my brain, you know, my health and helping other people you know, the life coaching, you know, it helps manage my brain and helps other people, namely the ones who live in my house. (laughs) Because a managed brain makes for a better temperament, right? With uh, the people around me. But also, you know, you, because I try to pass on to you what I learn from all of this coaching things that I do. That's why I created Self-Coaching Christians. Um, So a lot of the way that I steward or try to steward my money is by investing um, in my health, in my brain, so that I'm showing up into my purpose and as a better me in the world. Now, that's that's kind of a huge sidebar. I kind of went off there and uh, got distracted from the story I was about to tell you, but it plays right into it because when I was deciding on whether or not to take this blood chemistry class, you know, to plunk down the thousands of dollars it's going to cost to a lot of big portion of time that it's going to take me over the next three months, you know, I was really on the fence. I I just, I really couldn't decide what to do. So I took it to God. It's been a while since I've asked him for a sign, you know, like I've done in the past, but I was really struggling with this one. So, um, you know, I was like, is this the best use of my resources of time and money? So um, I asked him, you know, I said, please, you know, give me a clear sign about that. I was actually on um, one of my daily walks and I was listening to podcasts and talking to God, you know, the usual, that's kind of what I'm doing. Or if I'm not talking to Christy, you know, I'm listening to a podcast and I'm just kind of talking to God, praying and all that stuff all kind of going on. And so I was like, okay, God, I don't know what to do with this. Will you please give me a clear sign on whether or not I should take this class? And so I always specify the sign because I want to know what to look for. You know, I want it, I want to be in expectation of what to look for. And asking for a specific sign puts me in that posture of expectation of, you know, when I ask him for wisdom and the Bible says it's going to give it to me, you know, this is, this is what I'm doing. And so the, um, the sign that I asked for was for him to make the word blood (laughs) because I'm, you know, it's a blood chemistry course. So I was just thinking, okay, shorten that blood, make that word become very obvious to me. Um, sometime, you know, over the next week, 
because I was like, could you, could we please get this wrapped up by the end of the week? Cause I had to make a decision and I didn't want to miss the early bird pricing, you know, again, you know, I'm not going to throw away money where I don't need to. So if I'm going to take the class, I want to get the early bird pricing. I need to know by the end of the week. So that's what I asked him and I'll be darned. If not about 30 minutes later, I was actually still walking, listening to a podcast and the person on the podcast speaking said the blood of humans. You know, he was referring to something, but the way that he said it, the blood of humans, it was kind of unusual. And it was just so obvious to me. I knew, I just knew in my spirit, I was like, that is my sign. And I remember like almost swooning off the sidewalk (laughs) because I was so blown away again, as I am each time he gives me a sign like that, an answer, you know, that our big mighty God would communicate with little old me in this supernatural way. It's like the heavenly and earthly realms just collide in that moment. And it is enough to make you want to swoon off the sidewalk. It just blows me away every time. So what I'm saying y'all and what the book is saying is to involve God in the process of deciding how you spend your time and make your schedule. He loves that. He loves being involved in all aspects of our lives. And as Christian, we ha- Christians, we have this privilege, you know, this privilege of intimate communication with him, you know, because of Jesus. So take advantage of this awesome privilege, this edge. I like to call it our edge, you know, that we have for getting wisdom and guidance in our lives. So um, I did sign up for the class and it starts this week. So I'm just, you know, kind of bracing myself for that. Um, And you can definitely expect some future episodes to be relating to nutritional blood chemistry, the blood of humans. Um, So I have already written down all my classes in my new planner, you know, and I'm penciling in allotted study times and that's new for me. Because again, normally I keep it all in my head, you know, keep it all swirling in there and I get it accomplished, but it's kind of on the fly, but I'm going to try this new method. So let's talk about the tenants of Monday hour one, um, that I'm using that I learned from the life coach school. Basically what it is, it has you sitting down at the beginning of each week. It doesn't have to be a Monday. It could be Sunday, um, and spending time getting your schedule organized. Now, this is no bombshell concept, you know, uh, many people have heard of this, do this, they may call it something else, or might just call it getting organized. But Monday hour one has a few interesting points about it, which we'll talk about. Um, And it's called Monday hour one, because it's just saying, you know, the first hour of your week, whenever that may start for you, um, should be spent sitting and taking the time to plan out the week, you know, that you're going to be more efficient If you do that, if you take the time, if you spend the time to plan out your time, which again, I think it's hard for us to do. We want to actually be doing something in that time, right? Um, And, you know, it implies that you will get all of this planning and scheduling done in an hour, which is a lie. (laughs) Actually, Brooke talks about how in the beginning, it will likely take you much longer, Um, than an hour, but as you get better at it and more efficient at it, it will take less time. So she can get it done in an hour. 
Um, but I've already spent hours on it, and I'm not done. So I can see um, a lot of brain drama that is going to be happening with this. Um, as I'm trying to, to do this, it's kind of frustrating, um, but it's kind of the point also, you know, is kind of working through that and getting over the hump of that. I'm going to link to the podcast um, that Brooke Castillo did on Monday Hour One. I'll put it in the show notes. It's worth listening to, especially if you're kind of interested in how it, it um, plays out today and if you want to adopt some of the tenets. And she covers a lot of the, the aspects about it. Um, but we'll just talk about the our overarching steps of it, okay? So step one is to write out your to-do list, you know, or what we call in self-coaching Christians, a thought download or a brain dump of everything that you need to do for the week. And that means everything, every single thing that comes to mind that you need to get done, that you want to get done, write it down. Now, this is the part that's kind of stressful because you have to face all of these things that you have to do or want to do. Um, but the rewarding part is supposed to be, you know, getting it scheduled out on the calendar and throwing away the to-do list. So that's where things kind of get a little different here. Um, step two is, like I said, to, so the first step is to, you know, do your to-do list. Step two is to transfer it to the calendar. Okay, but what you are supposed to do first is not to write in your work in personal appointments, but your, your self-stewardship appointments, the appointments you're going to keep to yourself for health and wellness. These will obviously include um, exercise, meal planning, cooking, but also your rest and your free time. Health is, you know, a precious resource that we have, we want to have, because without it, we can't serve our people, our purpose, our God to the best of our abilities, you know, and again, Satan loves that. He loves to keep us so busy that we don't take care of our bodies um, as a holy temple or a vessel of the Holy Spirit. He would rather keep us focused on health problems, on mind drama about diet. He would rather us be so worn out and stressed that we're snapping at our families by the end of the day. You know, we're called to use our bodies to God's service. And so we must be good stewards of our bodies. The author of Stewarding Life talks about the importance of scheduling margin time. He says, margin is the white space in our lives and our schedules. It's the space to breathe. It is saying no to the things that don't fit the scope of priorities that God has given you. He says that we want to give selflessly to others, but we are failing to depend on God by ignoring his built-in cycles of rest and renewal, and that if we give without being replenished, we will eventually be empty. So true, right? So we must not only schedule in our time for our food and you know, time to eat that's not rushed. Um, we want to schedule our movement and our exercise. But we also want to schedule a decent bedtime, you know, a day off, a Sabbath day. I have not yet mastered a full day of not doing something work-related, you know, and I hope this new scheduling system helps. Um, we also want to schedule our daily time with God. You know, the first things to go in the schedule when we get busy, if we're not intentional about it, um, our time with God, 
time for our health, time for rest, and this margin time, this white space, time to think and to not have everything everything planned to the last second. You know, we, we consider these things expendable in the schedule when really they're the most important and will make everything else that we do so much better. We show up better when we've spent time with God, when we've treated our bodies well, when we're well rested, you know, and yet we let those go by, go by the wayside first because we get antsy and anxious about getting all of the other stuff done. Now, I love this next point that the, books, the book makes, which is that rest is affirmation that the priorities God has placed into our lives are sustainable. And the author says margin is created as we schedule according to biblical priorities. In other words, when we ask God to guide us in our purpose and our usage of time, honoring where he says yes and where he says no, doing the things that he asks us to do, we are trusting that what needs to get done will get done. And we don't have to be, you know, Martha Martyr. We can have the time to be a Mary. You know, in stewarding life, it says, beware of the proud drivenness that places productivity over worship. We put ourselves into such positions of frenzied importance that we believe the world will cave in if we pause our activity long enough to spend time with the Lord. He says the only way to discern what really matters most and to be a wise steward of our time is to spend time at the feet of Jesus. Isn't that so good? That hit home for me. Um, I mean, I've definitely put productivity over worship. And how many of us put productivity over health or rest or downtime? You know, it isn't God's way to overschedule us. It's Satan's way but it's not God's way. So you want to look at your schedule and find the time that you're going to spend with the Lord when you're going to work out, when you're going to call it done for the day, you know, and get into bed. Work that in. Commit to it in the schedule. These things have mostly been in my schedule. You know, the one I keep in my mind (laughs) because um, I usually, you know, spend time with God first thing in the morning Although sometimes I do go straight into work mode, but even if it's five minutes, five minutes of quiet time and prayer and reading a Bible verse or two with the Lord will just set a whole new trajectory on your day. Um, so that is really important, you know, and, and I've been pretty good about that um, over these years. You know, I walk almost every day of the week. And even though it's not written down in my schedule, I account for it in my schedule. You know, I don't open my client calendar. Like nobody can schedule appointments with me until later in the morning uh, to make sure I get that done. And I'm really good about going to bed early. I've told y'all what a grandma I am. Um, So those things I do. Um, But one thing I have not been able to just get going with any regularity that I've been wanting to do are strength training workouts. I did a really good job of it in October when we did self-coaching Christians, when we did it together in the Christian Health Club because we picked a goal for the month and we were really committed to it and um, we had to coach ourselves on it. And so, you know, with that, being so aware about it, I, I did a good job. And then, you know, November hit and then I just let it go. Um, 
but it's something that has been swirling in my mind to do and I just can't haven't been able to get it done but it's not in my schedule now I do yoga on Wednesdays that is in my schedule and um, in my mind schedule it has been but I have you know since written it in my calendar I usually do sprints once a week you know typically on Saturdays when there are less people driving around town you know watching me awkwardly run fast down the street Um, that's why I do it on Saturdays instead of during the week when everybody's driving everybody around from school and getting to work and you know I'm huffing and puffing down the street. Uh, But I've wanted to add in a few weight sessions a week. And I just, like I said, I can't get it together. For me, it has become the expendable thing in the week. And it just doesn't get done. So I am going to add it into my calendar planning. You're you're hearing it here. I'm committing it. I'm committing to it. I'm going to write it in my calendar so that I get it done. Um, I'm also going to write my Bible study class on Tuesday mornings, which, you know, I've been going to but I'm going to write it in there. Um, I go every Tuesday from nine to 10. And another priority for me is blocking time out after school to be more present with the kids. I think I've talked about this here before too. It's an ongoing struggle. Um, But you know, but part of the thing is when I have all of this to-do list swirling in my head, like I have been, and it's not organized, then, you know, I'll try to squeeze in worky things, you know, in the afternoon when the kids are home, like if they're having their kind of downtime, if they're like, you know, watching something on their iPad or they're busy, I'm like, oh, well, they're busy. So I can get some work done. And then they'll come over and want to talk to me and ask me a question. Then I get frustrated because I've started a work thing, you know, and then they're frustrated and I'm not really present. So that doesn't work. You know, I need to have more clear lines about that. And it's just been really heavy on my soul that God is telling me that, You know, this work that I do is in no way more important than my family. And I have got to honor it better than I have been. Um, In the book, the author asked the question, are you investing in eternity by investing in people, loving your spouse, spending time with your children, your grandchildren, your parents, encouraging godly friends, ministering to others? You know, he says relationships are our most valuable possessions and they are worthy of our focused investment. So that one's a huge one for me. You know, definitely have room for improvement in that area. And I'm hoping that being better organized and using my time more wisely with work tasks, you know, having set times for that, that it will free my brain for being more present with my most treasured blessings, you know, my family. Um, So one thing I also love about the book is how it points out that Jesus was the most productive person to ever walk the earth. And, you know, he didn't go about his days in a hurried, overloaded frenzy. You know, he lingered where people needed him. He rebuked the disciples for trying to shoo away people and the kids, you know, that wanted his time. But he also retreated to recharge and replenish. He spent time with the Father in prayer so that he would know where to put his attention, his time, what, you know, what the priorities were. He is our model for focusing on people, for not being in a rush, for taking time for rest. I'm in the, uh, in the middle of another phenomenal book right now called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And I didn't get a chance to finish it before um, I did this podcast, unfortunately. Um, but it just goes right along with all of what we're talking about here. And I just, I love the way it is written. I'll likely circle back to it in another podcast. 
Um, but just know it's an awesome book that re- reverberates all of this, this importance of managing our time with eternal priority. Um, okay, so you schedule in your self-stewardship, time for your relationships, and of course, your work tasks, right? Now, one problem that you might run into that you will likely run into according to the life coach and one that I am finding difficulty with is knowing how long to allot for certain work tasks. Like for instance, podcast prep is one for me that takes, you know, is the most time consuming of my week, but I can't say for sure how long it's going to take. So what Brooke suggests is that you allot the time and, you know, work, work on it during that time. And when your scheduled time is up to move on to your next thing, you know, regardless of whether or not you got it done. And I can see that being very frustrating, you know, but the point is, and and she says it will be, it's going to be very frustrating, but the point is that you will get more efficient about working, learning how to work within a time frame, and honoring your word to yourself and your schedule. You know, she calls it like creating the evidence um, that you're sticking to your word. You know, even if you may not finish something, you know, you can recalibrate as you go. You're going to learn as you go. But the more that you honor what you write in your calendar to do, then the more that you create that evidence for yourself that you'll do it, it just builds that momentum to keep going. So, you know, I foresee some drama uh, and some growing pains here as, as we do this and as I do this, but it's okay. You know, it is a growth opportunity and I just, I know that it will bear a fruit, you know, so I think it's worthy. Now, the last step or kind of tenant of Monday hour one of that approach is to schedule the result you want. So when you're calendaring, when you're putting everything into your calendar, all your tasks and your self-stewardship and everything that you're doing, um, you don't want to be too vague. You want to schedule the result you want to have. So for example, if I'm working on a podcast, you know, podcast prep, I might schedule an hour for completing an outline, you know, of what I'm going to talk about. So instead of writing, you know, from two to three on Tuesday, I'm going to work on podcast, I would write complete outline you know, and then on another day, I might allot the time to record the podcast, you know, being more specific about it. Um, so that is, um, that is how you go about it. You know, like if I'm gonna, as I'm just thinking of all the things <laughs> that I'm going to be doing, but if I'm working on my blood chem class, you know, I would write, complete the first three study videos and take notes, you know, on the cardiovascular system instead of just blocking out an hour to work on the class. You know, or if you're scheduling exercise, be specific, you know, complete 20 minute HIIT workout or 40 minute Peloton ride or whatever it is. So all of this puts you in a results frame of mind. You're scheduling results. And that is very, uh, very fulfilling you know your brain gets used to think of thinking of tasks in terms of getting results and that specificity will help you accomplish results or it's supposed to you know and we're going to give this a try and see how it goes so but I like that idea um you know and like I said I've already spent hours figuring out how I'm going to do this 
Um, I've been adding some things into my schedule that weren't there before. So I'm going to start doing some Zoom, more Zoom calls with the Christian Health Club members. Um, and then I've started taking some things out, moving things out of my schedule, like one-on-one appointments. You know, I do a lot less of those now as I focus more on shepherding the bigger group of the Christian Health Club. And that's the direction I felt God taking me, although it's been kind of hard and scary to let that piece of my nutrition practice go. You know, the one-on-one, um, taking on new one-on-one clients. And, you know, COVID was kind of the impetus that gave me a good reason, aside from God putting it on my heart. But uh, COVID gave me kind of this excuse to, to put them on pause for a while because you know, with all the circumstances going on, I needed to keep some of that margin, some of that space in case my kids had more virtual school, you know, and that it was just really tough to, to juggle all that, as I know, you know. And so that was really the time I was like, okay, I, I'm going to pause that for a while. Um, but I'm going to just continue with that. Um, I won't be taking on any new outside one-on-one clients that are not in the Christian Health Club. And so there's just been a lot of rethinking of my schedule you know, in, in general, and, and, you know, really seeking God's guidance on where he wants to take me with all that. So, you know, less one-on-one, more, um, more reaching people, more people at once, you know, is kind of what I feel him in my spirit and, um, you know, taking nutritional blood chemistry, the blood of humans. (laughs) I'm sorry. I cannot help it. That's, it was just so crazy when I heard it like that, the blood of humans. So that is, again, my schedule moving forward. Um, But I know it's going to be a process, you know, maybe I'll check in with you after I've done this, you know, had a little more time under my belt with this. But I wanted, you know, today to first and foremost, encourage you to involve God in your plans for this new year, you know, to rethink your activity within the perspective of of eternal priorities, And like I said, Stewarding Life is a great book. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry is a great book. Both of those will offer you some good kick in the pants inspiration. And we all need a good spiritual kick in the pants from time to time. On my end, of course, I'm praying that you make time for self-stewardship. You know, and so if this idea of Monday hour one, if that approach resonates with you, do that. If not, do whatever it takes for you to prioritize health and wellness in this new year. Make time for yourself, make time for your people, but most of all, make time for God because he loves you so much. And I love you too. So grateful for you, my friends. Um, I'm just praying for a wonderful year for you, for all of us. Um, Like I said at the beginning, I have high hopes. Um, What else can I have? You know, uh, the Lord, the Lord is in charge no matter what. And so I'm leaning into that. I'm leaning into high hopes for this year, um, no matter what they bring. I'm going to do what I can do, which is um, honoring my time, the gift of life here on this earth, um, and just showing up in the way that God created me to be. And so that's what I hope and pray for you too. All right, my friends, thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week, and I will talk to you soon.
everyone. Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week.